Welcome to B-Roll, I am your host Cyril Zuma. On today's episode, I'll be chatting to Zach Mosellane about copyright for creators and how creators can take advantage of copyright. But before we get started, I would like to thank Colorspace for sponsoring this episode. Colorspace is a stock photo platform and they stock beautiful and authentic photos of African people. Visit www.colorspace.co.za to find out more. As an attorney, as a family law attorney, I deal a lot with people's lives, man. I mean, even today I had two emotional consultations where I'm just, just drained me, but I have this belief that you will not be put in these circumstances if God did not know that you are capable of dealing with them. And so I've learned to accept the kind of challenges I face, that my clients face, that they bring to me and I get to hear. So overall, I'm I'm okay. You know, I'm just back at home now, chilling, playing some video games just to, re- okay. to recoup and then hit the books. Sure. You just mentioned now about law and attorney. For those who don't know who you are, who are you and what do you do? My name is Isaac Moselana, actually. It's just that my actual surname, or our actual surname is Moselani, but Home Affairs did the things. So you got uncles and aunts who are Moselana, some of them Moselani, who all share the same pattern. But um, I'm a 29-year-old um, attorney, as you introduced from Polokwane. Uh, I'm a devoted Lutheran, and I'm a community leader, actually, in Seshiro, because I do intervene in community projects and helping people in, you know, like uh, some of the community problems because we have a a group in Seychelles called Seychelles Community Against Gangsterism, which eventually just became a community group where we help people with all sorts of challenges. I get involved with mainly family law issues and generally just accessing government institutions the way people can't access. So I'm an attorney, I'm a very religious person, and I'm also a community leader. Is that where you grew up, Sesheho? Yes, I went to school, primary school in Sesheho, just about five minutes walk from where I live. I went to high school right here in Sesheho, about 14 minutes from where I live. I know because I used to count when I wanted to get late. Um, and then I went to university. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, I'm a very particular person. So I usually used to count minutes when I walk. Um, okay. I went to university at the University of Limpopo. And yeah, I'm, I'm here in Sishiro. I mean, I might move because, you know, there are a lot of people that are saying, no, come to Gauteng. But for now, I'm here in Sishiro and I, I do my best to reconnect with my community um, and just see what is it that I can help them with if I can. I mean, you know, I could go to Google right now and actually check where Sesheho is, but can you tell me where actually Sesheho is for those who don't know? Sesheho is a township just outside Polokwane, about uh, 8 to 12 kilometers, depending where you want to go to Sesheho. It is famously known as the township where Julius Malema was born, um, Trotmolot as well. Um, I think Dipela, I forgot, but yes, it's a um, Judith Sipuma was born there. Uh, 
Slilo Silota was, was born also there. It's, yeah, it's a township just outside Polokwane, the city. What did you want to be growing up? I'm just a, a creature of the saying that says, the circumstances alter cases. I, I remember from grade three, I, was, I wanted to be a police officer. And I, I think this is because of limited exposure as a black child growing up. Um, and then moved from that to being a medical doctor because I was really fascinated with life science. I mean, at grade seven, I used to read grade nine books of life science. Um, not even grade seven, I think at grade five, I used to read grade seven books, grade six. And I used to be fascinated with science and uh, life sciences and mathematics. I wanted to be a medical doctor, actually. Then fast okay. forward to high school, um, I started doing debating. And uh, the whole idea of speaking just became fascinating for me. And then when I applied, medicine was actually, I moved from medicine to physiotherapy because one day I did job shadowing at uh, the Sashiro Hospital. I think Sashiro or Bulukwan Hospital, I forgot. And we were at the physiotherapy ward and I could see the kind of people that needed help, how much the employees there were, were understaffed. And I just fell in love with trying to help people. You know, it, I think the idea is when I grew up, when I, when I grew up, I wanted to help people. So it didn't matter what um, profession it was because it was never about the money. I was never interested in cars um, or any other life. I think for me, I just wanted to see myself helping people. It didn't matter what profession it was, but then some situations that happened in my life and matric, and then I had to um, apply for law. And then University of Limpopo was the institution that took me and also I couldn't go far by that time. Um, so I, yeah, I ended up doing LLB at University of Limpopo and I think it's still fine that I get to help people, but though, even though it's a bit challenging, but yeah. What are the challenges that you're currently facing right now? Institutional racism. I mean, there are a lot of things that a lot of us take for granted about the legal spaces that as practitioners we face and we can never even talk about because we're afraid of victimization. The other challenges I'm facing is that a lot of people that need help don't have the money. You know, I work at a, a corporate firm where we don't deal with contingency fees. You give me money, I help you. There are situations sure. where I do talk to um, advocates to say, please take this matter on contingency or pro bono. I beg, you know, depending on how dire the situation is. Um, yeah. Sometimes I decide not to, you know, even charge like the normal base just to help people. But I think those are the challenges. Most clients that walk into our offices need help. There are people that can't afford legal services. The other challenge I'm facing is growing up, man. Growing up really sucks. I, I don't want to lie. <laughs> um, yeah. When you're an yeah. adult, there are more responsibilities, finances and emotional responsibilities that the world did not prepare you for. They did, yeah. There was never a memory. You know, I'm the only child. I don't have a brother or older brother or younger sister. So everything in my life, I experienced it for myself. There was never a person that stood in front of... I, I don't have deferbiaterance from anybody. I mm. literally just did everything as goes learned from myself. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, you just spoke now of just helping and I think you know, you, you agreeing to come to the podcast here is really going to help a lot of just creators. I think 
you know, the topic of today is copyright. And I think, you know, your clarity in this one is going to help us a lot. So your situation that you've just mentioned now, just, you know, being a person who has always been a helpful um, somebody to, to, to other people, you've never had other people helping you. I think, you know, it's, so, it's wonderful now that you are putting your hand up and saying, look, I'm willing to help other people where they might not know certain things, even though I never had um, uh, somebody else helping me in the background. So I think we really appreciate it. I think the audience will also appreciate you coming into the audience. Um, and without just wasting any more time, I think I want to get to the little bit nitty gritty of the, of the podcast and, and ask you to help us demystify this topic called copyright. What is yeah. copyright? Copyright is essentially the tag used to identify someone else's original work. The work that you've done in order for you to own it would call it copyright because there are different types of rights that a person has on ownership, particularly, you know, like real rights, um, possessional rights. So therefore, copyright is a form of a right to recognize somebody else's original intellectual property work. As long as it's tangible work, you know, then it's identified as copyright. So the, co so the person who created the work then owns the copyright to them? Technically, yes and no. And this is where it, it gets a bit challenging, you know, because in South Africa, we're governed by the Copyright Law Act. And it tells you what ownership of protected work is. You read Section 21. 1C, it speaks about commissioned works. So essentially, if, if somebody starts the work um, and then that work, eventually we know who the owner is and you are making money or not, or somebody else agrees to pay money for that work that you have started. Um, let me you know, make an example, because I remember this other time we were talking about how there's no such a thing as an original work because chances are, one way or another, your idea, someone else also thought about it. So two yes, people yes. think about the same idea, but the other one gets to be known for that. That person becomes a commissioned worker or becomes an owner in terms of copyright law by virtue of having their work you know, known, having their work, somebody else paying for it. And it'll be that person's work until someone else comes and challenges and proves that they commissioned the work first. Oh, so is it, is it always about who, who then took that same work and commissioned that work? Exactly. Um, because we will never know if the idea is yours, if it's just sitting in an email. You know, you got to start to do something. If you're taking a picture, you know, that picture has to be out there. You said you're a photographer. How do we know that this picture yes. was taken by Usirio? Settle so posted that picture and somebody agreed to pay for that picture, then we know it's Cyril's picture. You decided to go out and say, this is my picture. You put a tag on it. Um, there's a, a form of a signage that we will speak about as the podcast goes, but you have claimed the work and especially in public or someone else can attest that that work is yours. You commissioned the work. Okay, so the process then to get your work copy, copyrighted would necessarily be 
getting your work uh, purchased by somebody else and then getting the so that mean then you know the recognition around it then you know ver verifies that uh, this is the process of it getting uh, copyrighted am i correct yes yes to, to, to some extent i mean what what you what we're saying is that 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 work is identified as yours there's proof that no one else ever owned that work except you as if someone else is paying for the work because if someone else pays for your work then we've got a copyright dispute that needs to be proven so publication is not just only about somebody else buying that but also publication is a form of copywriting in the public domain twitter sort of has global um copyright to your to your work uh, that's also just a different topic i don't know if you've noticed that i have you know it, it's you remember that Twitter, what somebody else retweets, you don't know where it's going. And you see, the thing is, at the time when the world was sign signing the Banner Convention, convention and all these treaties, they, they, they did not think of social media in mind. And now, you, there are situations where people want to limit publication to like books and define what is tangible as paper or physical things you can't touch. But I would argue social media is a form of tangible publication because we can see that. We know where it comes from. And so if you were to write a story and post it on Twitter, somebody else takes the story and makes money of it. That remains your original work because it has been published on social media. They are only allowed to use it for fair use, but they can't actually make money from your originality. Does the copyright law favor the creator in South Africa? It does. South Africa is a party to the Benin Convention and the TRIPS Agreement. Um, it also has signed the WIPO Copyright Treaty, WIPO Performances, even though they're not ratified the treaty. So essentially, South Africa belongs to many countries who share common agreement and laws and policies regarding copyright. Like I said, copyright does not have to be registered. You just have to prove that the work is your effort and your original work. And that's why even our courts, they, use, they also take U.S. Um, defined cases on copyright because we share the same values, because we share the same commonwealth or common or U.K. influence ideas regarding copyright. So you are protected. It's just unfortunate because at the end of the day, you're going to have to need an attorney you're going to need to go to the courts and that's another dynamic on its own because it's not just about your work it's about someone else who's a judge or a magistrate or whatever a presiding officer has to interpret what is factual before them the question then is for you to prove that you indeed publicize that information you are the original author of it where have you proved you know like like i said if you just have it in your email and your email has no date stamp to prove its originality in terms of timeline, then it, it's going to be difficult for you to prove your original work. As a creative, you make sure that, for instance, if you're going to go to the boardroom and propose your idea, people ask, you know, they get to sign non-disclosure agreement, but I hear some don't want to do that. At least publicize your work register it as a copyright with the department of trade and industry or find a way in which you can have an alibi for lack of a better word because i think this is where the issue is let your work have an alibi if you want it protected because it will be protected in terms of our law
One of my biggest fears as a creator is that my work is not being protected in terms of the copyright. So I'm glad you cleared that. What can be protected using copyright as a creator? The Copyright Act defines nine classics or classical work which would be eligible for copyright. These are literary works, including novels, poems, plays, film scripts, textbooks, the likes, your musical work, um, which, is, which excludes words sung with the music, actually, um, which I believe it still needs a bit of a further interpretation as to what that means. Artistic work, including paintings, sculptures, drawing, photography, cinematographic films in mediums, including film or tape or digital data, sound recordings in, in any medium, but excluding film and soundtracks, um, broadcast, program carrying signals, published editions, and computer programs. Um, instructions in any medium, that, di that is direct the operation of a computer. If, if you think about it in the most simplest terms, copyright includes anything that you have published and we can see that you have published it. Whether it's a written thing, as long as it's original work, there are some that belong to the patent industry, but in general, original work is protected in terms of copyright work, in terms of copyright law. We live in a collaboration world. I think it's more now uh, known for us to collaborate. I think creators are collaborating um, even more nowadays. Uh, you know, and, and this is gonna guide my next question. So uh, I'll give you a scenario. Uh, four photographers and two makeup artists and um, wardrobe, lighting, you know, we all collaborate on a project. Uh, to take photos and these photos you know are going to be used for different reasons or whatsoever who owns the copyright to then to that work if we collaborated on the work i mean if you guys don't ascertain it by saying who did what who did not do what then essentially if we, there is a dispute whichever work is yours individually in that particular project remains yours it can't be that well, the, the photographer is the one that made it out there, then the work belongs to the photographer. If you took a picture of a dress, it doesn't mean the photographer owns the copyright to the entire dress. It just means the photographer remains the original. The copyright of the photography is theirs, but the design belongs to the person who made the design. And the photographer cannot make money out of making the dress, but can only make money of the photo that they've taken. How can we ensure that as creators, we are able to share these rights in a legal manner? Do we draft a contract? Do we all come together and just say, hey, you know, here's in a simple form, um, this is the project, this is what we're doing, um, this is who is involved in it, and every, you know, and everyone sign on there and everyone walks away and we all say we own copyright to this thing. How, what is a better way for all of us to share uh, the copyright legally? We're talking about date stamp here. But what's important is do you have a platform where it shows the date for this work so that we can say that date is date zero? We're all looking for date zero. Obviously, with the picture, you can put date stamps on it. For a dress that a person has made, how can you do it? How can you make sure that the dress itself, if it's published first, you keep pictures of it and they're date stamped to show it's yours. You own the work until someone else uses the same design and then you can claim copyright because everybody else would have, there's, there's an alibi for your work. Like I said, the issue is, is there alibi for your work? 
is there something a document that can attest that this work is yours okay so can a makeup artist then go and say you know perhaps take the same photo that we all produced and um go make money off it of that i think it will be difficult for, to make money of the picture that you took i'll be honest yes they can but it depends on who the owner of that work will do after that if this person is making money out of your designs and you believe it's yours it's up for you to confront them but you find that that litigious work is probably going to be even more expensive than what you will get from what they got. I mean, if people are charging go 500 for makeup, how much are you going to pay attorneys to go and fight for you for that copyright work? It's very tricky as work can be copyrighted, but can that work be, you know, can you fight for that work in court? And is it even worth it to begin with? Do you lose, you know? Because I think some of the things that we need to ask ourselves when we fight for copyright is, have you lost ever since that person used your work? Have you lost anything? You know, damage-wise, reputation, have people linked that work to yours? If not, you know, is your original work still protected? Has the introduction of that person stealing your work took clients away from you? Those kind of things you have to look at and, and weigh. There are things that you can fight for but there are things where i just believe it's just small issues small issues are just not really the court's interest i'll make an example that you know the word soul in the fast food um restaurant of chicken licking i can mention it because it's in the court papers they took a french restaurant to court for using the word soul on their food and uh, the courts, the, because Chicken Licking had copyright, had, had made a patent on the word soul. And the court actually said that this copyright protection from theirs is actually invalid because what they've done is they've tried to copyright what represents struggles of African Americans. And because that's the context behind why there's such a thing called soul food. Now, if that restaurant, Golden Fried Chicken, wants to use the people's struggles, and pattern it for their own personal financial gain that's actually unethical and the court said that that word should not be even patented or copyrighted it doesn't belong to anybody that is very interesting so how long does protection last for actually there's a thing called copyright term in south african law and copyright term is about 50 years or until the end of the author's death or 50 years from publication if it is the first publication after the author's death for okay. photographs, films, and pro and computer programs, the term is 50 years from first publication or 50 years from creation, if not published within 50 years. For sound recordings, uh, broadcast, program carrying signals, it is 50 years from first publication or transmission. All these things are there in the Copyright Act, and you can see them. So after 50 years, that work is no longer yours. If I take a photo of a celebrity, for, um, for argument's sake, you know, I take a, a photo of Bonang, and I take this photo and Bonang then takes a photo and puts it on a magazine, um, on True Love magazine, for argument's sake, and, you know, if True Love magazine are writing an article about her. Who owns the right to that photo? Do, do I approach, um, you know, Bonang then and say, look, you cannot be publishing my photo on such a platform. Do I need to be paid for such a thing? Do I need to be credited for such a thing? 
how does that work for photographers that actually work with celebrities quite a lot lately? The legal department of True Love should actually ask Bonang who took this picture. Okay. That's the first step. Because that picture, obviously, um, she can use it for fair dealing. Fair dealing is protected. We'll talk about it later. She, she could say she could use it not to make money. But eventually, when there's going to be a financial gain when publishing it, the legal department of that magazine should actually ask Bonang who took this picture. And they should compensate the original, the person who took the picture. Because they're going to get money, so they should compensate the person who owns the work. How does that then work if Bonang paid me for the photo? Because now there's a debate, you know, I think in a copyright law, it says that if somebody paid you for the photo, then I think they, you know, they own a copyright to it. No, not really. Isn't it that there's a contract? What is the contract? Is it a sublease? Are you leasing? Or are you saying no, that so you're relinquishing ownership? when they purchase the photo, because it depends on the contract between you and Bonang. You know, they- Okay, so if, if Bonang comes to me and just says, look, I'm at an event and I need a photo, I need a photographer, please come take photos of me and she'll pay me whatever money she pays me without telling me perhaps that, you know, these photos will be used for such and such and such and such that there may be a potential uh, money gain for her. Again, whoever's going to republish them to make money has to ask who took the pictures. Because the person who took the picture still, the copyright still belongs to them. We have a vague situation where it wasn't actually mentioned as to what, remember that Bonang is paying you to take her pictures. She's not paying you for the pictures. There's a, there's a difference. For your artwork, she's not paying you for that. For if she wants to pay you for the artwork to own the picture, think about the person who drew the Mona Lisa. If the person was alive now, that picture was sold to many people. That person can't come and say, I don't want to see my picture on this magazine, on this, on that. No, no, the owner of the picture is the owner of That's, the copyright. Bonang would then, she's only paying for me to take the pictures, not necessarily to own the pictures. So can yes. I then go and use the photos for a potential uh, money gain? Or do I also then have to ask her for permission for the same thing? I think, you know, it's a bit tricky. Hence, I'm saying it all comes back to the contract that you had with Bonang. Sure. What was sure, the sure. purpose? You know, and I think we take these things lightly because, ah, just come and take pictures and give me money. But we don't actually talk about the copyright implications of such a work. Um, and mm. so, it, it's, you know, it's, it's quite important because photographs are part of artistic work protected by Copyright Act. And therefore, it's important to sit down and have a contract where we discuss what kind of this work that you want me to do and in terms of copyright how does it affect me you know you look at many entertainment contracts they've got copyright clauses inside of them so why can't phot photographers do the same with their work so sometimes it's just complicit in you know when you're being complicit and then now you want post facto or post what happened protection it's not going to be easy sure. to help you because you had a very vague contract with whoever you were with. So it's important that the agreement start from the beginning and the copyright laws behind that to be clearly defined. If somebody's asking you to take photo shoot for them, let them sign a lease where you're allowed to post for fair use to advertise your business. Because I see a lot of people, you know, they'll take pictures, photo shoot pictures for families, but I wonder whether there was a, a, an agreement which was signed 
that deals with with copyright because i don't believe you can take a picture of me and post it anywhere else to advertise your business to make more money from the money that i gave you we need to have a relationship where we define if i'm saying i'm paying for the work then i'm relinquishing ownership or not i still need to find out what that issue is if i'm buying that picture am i buying the picture or am i only paying for you to take the picture the taking of the picture remains your work where can i as a creator get a contract or you know is this something that i can just draft between me and the people that i'm working with to say look guys you know this is the project we're doing this is who's going to own the work we all have it in writing and we all sign it away what's the what's the what's the correct way as a creator to to mitigate having to then fight for copyright afterwards i'd say the best way is to go to an attorney who deals with such contracts specifically because i'm okay. telling you even people who are attorneys they subscribe to precedents from you know other publishers where they buy in other words those particular information because those those um commentaries will help them with law that is you know updated and all the things and they pay it close to ten thousand rand per year just for those precedences it tells you that it's not just about the contract that you find which is a template it's about a contract that is updated with current laws it's about a contract that the drafter understands the laws in the clauses this is not it's not easy you can just google a contract anywhere else but it's about whether or not your contract is enforceable whether or not your contract yeah. is not against community morals, whether or not you understand the laws applicable to that particular contract. Because one day we can't come to, you know, court and argue, well, I didn't understand the contract when I signed it. Oh, I blame the person who drafted the contract. Actually, if you ask an agent to draft a contract, that contract is your work. So you can't come and say, I didn't understand it. Can I then draft my own contract with my own terms as a, as a photographer to say, look, I think th these are my terms uh, that I want to work with because I see a lot of you know creators working with a lot of brands and so therefore you know we sign away to just in their terms and uh, not having really given them our terms. I think the issue around negotiate I mean negotiating a contract is very vital, right? And it has to do with protecting your work. And there's some companies that actually want to take away your work that say if you work for us Whatever you do, when we pay you a salary or when we pay you for that project, we're buying ownership of the copyright work. And if you agree to that because you just want money, you can do it. But you still have a right to negotiate to say, ah, I don't agree. If you're going to buy my work, then I want more money. Then you can estimate how much they'll make more other than paying you for the... Remember, like I said, people don't look at it the way I've explained it. There's taking of the picture and there's publication of the picture. Are they paying you for taking the pictures? What about publication where they're going to even make more money? So negotiation is very important for you to do. And if you don't agree to the terms, then don't work for them. Should I be posting my original work on social media? As long as you can, your work can have alibi that it is yours. I'm using the word alibi because it's a commonly used word. It's not necessarily the legal term for it, but I'm trying to make it easier for people to understand. Your work has to have an alibi that it is yours. When I mean, and the alibi has to be factual. Itself, it has to argue on its own without you having to elaborate. Because the minute you start adding things, it's like you're reconning. So now, now you post you've your gone picture. backwards, yeah. 
you know, it's like, yeah, it's like you're going back and trying to recon that the work is yours. So if you're posting a picture on social media that you want to, you don't know whether or not this is worth making money for, and somebody else takes that picture and makes money out of it, what proof do we have that it's, it's your original work? There's this video trending um, on, on my timeline, I don't know about the rest of everyone else's timeline, of two tigers cuddling as if they're human beings. Yes, it's a beautiful yes, video. Yes. It's an interesting video because obviously neither of us have seen it anywhere. We don't yeah. see it doing the, you know? <laughs> so the person who took that video, if one day that video is seen, you know, making money, how does that person have proof that that picture is theirs? Because now it has been uploaded by so many institutions. I mean, so they could have easily be... just branded it. Yeah, they could have branded it. Or, you know, like maybe there's an email where this person sent that via email and the email has a date stamp to show originality. We saw this picture on Monday, but the video shows that it was uploaded and taken on January 1st. Obviously, we have never seen it then. We have never seen it before. You published, you, you published it on the 1st of January. It's your work. It's your original work. You're allowed, if somebody has made money out of it, you deserve to have that money. Think about this. If you post a pic, if you took a photo right now, would you just randomly place it at the gallery and leave? No. Why wouldn't you do that? Because that's what social media is. It's just you placing it on the gallery and leaving. Nobody knows it's you that, that, put, that put that picture there in the gallery. Even if they've seen it's you with the camera, you putting the picture there, it doesn't mean it's your work because there's nothing on the picture. So before you even think of putting that picture in the gallery, you go speak to the gallery manager or the owner and say, this is my work. You write it down, it's yours. The picture itself, probably you've imprinted it to show that it's your work. It probably has your signature there. So when you go, you approach the gallery manager and say, please put my work here. I'm selling it. That's what you're thinking about. So it should be the same with social media because social media is publication. I understand that social media is still a young thing for entrepreneurs in South Africa. It's still a new thing. It's still a developing thing. But we, we have to start thinking we can make money. Think about there's a new thing called spaces on Twitter, a clubhouse yeah. type of thing. We're already thinking about how can I make money with this platform? So everything has potential to make money. Let's look at the please call me case because that's a popular one. With the please call me, there's evidence everywhere that that guy, that work is that guy's idea. There's even a publication on the internet from Vodacom showing the guy's picture saying he's the one who came up with the idea. So there's no dispute that that is his idea. The only dispute is the quantum now that he believes he should end. But he's lucky, okay. you know, because it could have been a boardroom discussion. And he would have no way of proving that it is his idea. I definitely think a lot of creators need to be stamping their work. I think, you know, you, you really, really, really hit the nail on that. that. You know, you may be sitting on social media, but nobody really knows what it, you know, who belongs to put a stamp on it because this is a publication after all. Um, and this brings me to then my next question is, you know, uh, can I freely use a photo that I find on the internet? Freely use? Yes and no. As long as you're not going to make money as if it's your own work and you're doing what we call fair use. In South Africa, we use the word fair dealing in the Copyright Act. 
and it applies to any use of work that falls within the section of allowed for fair use. Section 12.1 of the Copyright Law Act says, copyright shall not be infringed by any fair dealing with a literary or musical work for the purpose of research, private study, um, or the personal or private use of a person using that work for the purpose of criticism or review, for the purpose of reporting current events in a newspaper, magazine, or similar periodical by means of product broadcasting or so. So I, I'm always on YouTube. I'm always watching YouTube videos because YouTubers know what fair use is because YouTube yeah. punish them a lot if they use work and they don't use it for fair. Because in, remember that they get paid for their videos. Now, yeah. if you're going to do a review, most probably you shouldn't even showing images or showing images which they have not been yet yet released in the public domain by the owner of the of the work. Mm-hmm. If you're going to criticize or review a book and you want uh, YouTube to monetize the book, obviously, you know you're not going to show the entire book verbatim as if you're publishing it and work where it's not fair use they don't monetize monetize it on youtube fair use is simply just like it's like you're referencing someone else's work and it must be clear that you're referencing someone else's work but you don't the whole of the work and just publicize it as if it's your own we joke about harvard referencing we joke about plagiarism turn it in but essentially turn it in prevents people abusing fair use can I transfer or share the copyright to then extend them? Or you know, is that not possible? Remember that when we're talking about terms, is that terms are they differ. Okay. In terms of South African government, government works in South Africa are protected for 50 years from first publications. There are things which are protected from first publications. So for photographs, films, and computer programs, the term is first 50 years from publication. So if you have them in a terabyte disk somewhere stored, the day you publicize them, the 50 years starts. Okay. Okay. But I can transfer them to somebody else uh, before, you know, I even publish them to any domain. For argument's sake, I've got really important work of important celebrities. And, you know, I feel it may make money in the, in, in the long run. And I want, to, I want to transfer it to a child, to a mother, to my sister or anything like that. So can I do that also? You can, you can create a trust where the trust will own that work and the trust can release them after your death and they're owned by the trust. Okay. That gives, that gives a lot of clarity. I think, you know, a lot of creators are sitting with a lot of work, including myself. That is, you know, that is great work. And I think, you know, it deserves to go out. However, you know, as you said, copyright could be belong to me, but as you say, now there's a way to do um, a trust and transfer uh, some, some, some sort of copyright. How do you feel about blockchain for many creatives? And do you think it's actually solving a lot of problems for creatives? Look, blockchain technology, remember it started from cryptocurrency and somebody using the same, where people can create their own currency. And yeah. essentially it's the same, almost the same technology. I think if well explained, well accessed by consumers, it's a good thing. Because blockchain, remember, is not a platform where people store data. It's just a technology that is similar to the technology in cryptocurrency. So unless there's a, 
like a platform where it uses remember and also blockchain has to do with being paid for that work if somebody uses it and it creates some sort of a stamp to show that this work belongs to Usirel. That technology, in my view, if well explained and accessed by consumers, it's a good thing for creatives. I think any system that creates an alibi date-wise is good for creatives. I think that contracts are a good thing for creatives, but creatives don't want to pay for contracts. They want to pay us for the work. You know, even when I charge them for to review a contract that they've been given, they want to pay. Some pay, you know, some will say, but it's just reviewing. I think if you want to protect your work, which may give you a lot of thousands, you should be willing to pay for their protection. You should be willing to pay for their protection. You should be willing to guard against anything. So blockchain, before you jump, because remember, even blockchain technology with cryptocurrency, somebody can hack and steal data. Yeah. You, we don't want that, where you guys have given your work to this system that is not protected, especially by government, because blockchain in South Africa is not even yet protected by our government. Our government is very yeah. slow with cyber law. You must forget about them even making regulations for the next 10 years for that matter. Wow. So, because I know there are so many legislations that are, they are waiting upon them to sort out. Yeah. That's a, I'm, I'm talking about cyber law right now as you speak. It's still a bill. It has been a bill for years. Shut. There are That's common not... law decisions at the High Court and the Constitutional Court where they've given the Parliament two years to fix. It's even 10 years now. Some of these cases are now repeating themselves in court and we're going back to say, but we gave government a mandate. So before we can even invest in a particular idea, find out if it's protected legally. Find out if there will be lawyers for you to help you fight. Like look for insurance. It's about insurance for your work, protection for your work. So you gotta guard no matter what. Isaac, you've given us gems throughout this whole podcast i mean i've been asking you just questions of just what copyright is from you just explaining what copyright is you've given us gems on there and i think with what you've just said now at the end i think for creators it's super super important that you know they do um put that protection against their work and be sure of their work because you know you know i always joke around with a friend of mine you know and say if we had to just switch off all cameras globally and ask you to scroll through your Twitter, ask you to scroll through anything in general, you know, you're going to really have a bland world. So therefore, as a creator, I think we need to be more serious and, 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 you know, and be, and be firm about the work that we do. And so therefore assure the work and go put contracts behind it and come to people like yourself, you know, to get advice, number one, to get contracts. So I really appreciate this chat. Thank you for coming through on the podcast. Uh, how can we get a hold of you? for your services and just to have a chat in general, I know that you'll probably bill us for the service for, you know, for the chat, but you know, for the chat too, how can we get a hold of you? So I'm available via email. You can email me on moselani.isaac, I-S-W-A-C at gmail.com. I'm giving this personal email because I know somebody will say, but why do you use a Gmail? Um, <laughs> when you're serious, then I'll give you my business email and then we'll take it from there. Some people, sure. again, I protect, I protect myself against my ideas. I want to talk to people. There's some advice that I can give you, which I know that it won't hurt. This is the help that I'm giving you. And yeah, feel free to chat to me on Twitter. You can DM me at Isaac, at Zach Moselani. DM me on Twitter if you're on Twitter and ask me a question. If I believe that that question requires me to work, 
and then you pay for the work, I will tell you that let's move from this platform to the next. People can also get hold of me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, and you know, and you see the thing is my Facebook is very local. A lot of people on my Facebook are people from Sashiro that I go to church okay. too with, that are, that are people I just know because those are the people that usually need help. Um, and you can just find me on Facebook. My name is Isaac Ditero Moselani on Facebook. You can just drop me an inbox. I'll, I'll hit you up. I'll, I'll respond to you if I believe that the work, the advice you require needs work. We will move to a different platform. I'm also on WhatsApp, 0720817974. 0720817974. What we talk on WhatsApp, it's quite easy for some people. You know, I check my WhatsApp around eight o'clock when I come back from work and see what's happening. And then I get to respond to people. And then we'll move to different platforms. Um, if I believe that the, the help you need, another attorney can assist you, I can even refer you to the relevant people. I don't believe in being stingy with work and just sure. thinking about myself as well. You know, I, I'd like to refer people to other people because people also refer people to me. You know, sure. attorneys refer people to me, even though I know this attorney deals with this law, but you find that they've said, nah, if you go to this person, will assist you. So I would refer you as well. So let's start with those three mediums, three or four mediums, and then we'll take it from there. I work at a firm called Nyland and Pretorius. We are at 21 Market Street, and you can come there and just request for me. Even if it's a walk-in, I will make time for you and come and just see what's happening. I must say that for your number, people better make sure that they call you for business and not just for personal you know, matters. It's, it's a WhatsApp um, number only. If they call it, no one, no one's going to pick up. That's that's perfect, ladies and gentlemen. That is Isaac Moselani, a commercial and family law attorney, chatting to us about copyright. Isaac, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I really, really, really appreciate you just breaking down everything to us for creators, how to just get around the, you know, the topic of copyright. I think it's such a scary topic and you've really, really demystified the topic. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the platform. Thank you for listening to B-Roll. That was Zach Moselane chatting to me about copyright and what it means to copyright your work as a creator, why blockchain is important and why stamping your work is super, super important as a creator on any digital platform. If you are on Twitter and would like to carry on interacting with the conversation, use the hashtag B-Roll with Cyril Zuma and also do let me know if you'd like me to chat to somebody else and what kind of topics you'd like me to cover on the next episode. If you are on Instagram, please check out my latest post. Myself and Standard Bank Arts have partnered up to give away exclusive photography courses. This competition is available to anyone and it is open to any and everybody. So check out my latest post on Instagram and follow the instructions. Good luck for the competition. Till the next episode. Goodbye.